Welcome to the CEO Tip of the Day podcast. I'm Robert Hunt with Renaissance Executive Forums. I lead groups for business owners and CEOs here in DFW. I get to meet with these amazing leaders each month and hear what they're doing to lead their teams with excellence. These podcasts share powerful insights like those we hear during our monthly CEO peer group meetings. Today, my guest is Salem Thyme, CEO of Engineered Salinity, or ESAL as we call it. This is a technology play in the oil and gas industry where they increase oil recovery by altering wettability using their patented process. It sounds pretty cool, I know. It is. It's almost as cool as Salem, so <laughs> great to have you on the show, brother. I love to be here. Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've been excited about this all week, so uh, looking forward to our conversation Yeah, today. me too. We've been, uh, I guess we met each other in 2019 when you joined our, our CEO group, and we've grown to be great friends through that, and yes. um, I, I met you when your, your daughter was just about to be born. That's so true. Um, you actually came into my life at a real interesting time. It was funny. Um, I had just left a big career in nuclear um, and started this company that we talked about East Hell earlier. Started that company and I was in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, didn't really know anybody and I was like, man, I need to get out and network and meet people, uh, even if they're not in my industry, just understand the people in Dallas-Fort Worth, what, what people are doing and looking for. I was sitting in, in my home office at the time and all of a sudden comes across my LinkedIn profile, you, you come across, start talking to me. And I was really just really kind of amazed at your just your generosity and how you approached it. it wasn't like a sales thing it was just mm. you just kind of reaching out to, to say hi and I really like what you've done and maybe you have some value that you and I can talk about and uh, that just launched an amazing amount of growth for me and I, I can't tell you enough and it's just it was just so awesome to have that at that time that you're like man what do I do how do I get out there and meet other business leaders and how do I do this and you came across and then bam um, that's yeah. important that you say that because I don't think business leaders get out very often I think we're so busy running our business the idea of networking which I think is, is such a bad word to most of us but actually just going out and having friends yeah and do, meeting with other business owners where you can learn and grow no one thinks about that because you're so busy doing stuff and, 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 and you hear networking and you say oh man go stand in a room with a bunch of knuckleheads <laughs> and drink a beer and it's awkward and yeah yes yeah. And I, I, I or absolutely. I think the reason they avoid it you probably do too is because they don't want to get hit up for a job uh, you know use my bank buy my stuff give me a you know all this stuff it's it's like someone's always hitting you up yeah and it's like you go to the networking function or an icebreaker or whatever and the same five people all know each other and they're uh -huh. all super extroverted yeah. and they're out there and so you know the rest of us that are maybe halfway in there you know not quite sure it's maybe awkward. a little bit extrovert introvert you yeah. know but we're still a business leader doesn't mean we have to be out there right. as a marketing specialist right for ourselves and and you go there and you have your one drink and you're really kind of curious and it's super awkward and then everybody's trying to sell you something and so you just don't do it yeah and and I think that's probably one of the hardest things at leading a business is how do you meet other people and just share ideas without it feeling like there's something else some ulterior motive in that yeah so I always yeah. avoided networking groups and and icebreakers and stuff for the I longest I can't remember time. who it was said in our group they said I don't network anymore I expect you to network and you just tell me who I need to know <laughs> and that's how we started the trusted advisor group a few years ago because they don't want to get out and deal with it and that's so true though I think that's maybe that's, so that's your job is a is somehow networking for the rest of us surrogate networker <laughs> surrogate networker I love it um, well so you had that daughter when we first met and now yes. you have a son yes absolutely um, I am absolutely blessed they're so cute. I got to go and, and over to your house and have lunch and hold uh, those 
beautiful children. They're just so sweet. Children change your life. Oh, they do. And it's just such a blessing. Um, uh, uh, one, one interesting part is I think it's absolutely crazy to be a business leader trying a startup and growing a business and having children at the same time. I think most mm. of the people I, I know and I meet are don't have kids or had them or 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Take but, it off the list. But man, I think the, the lessons that I learn every day as a parent to young children just really kind of humble me and mm. bring me back to reality for the business also. So it's just that, you know, I think too often at our positions and you know in business we we get ourselves busy 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 and we think that everything has to be done and i got to get up at four in the morning or six in the morning and i have to to do all these things for the business that is like just sucking us away from what's truly right. valuable right. and so these kids just they remind you oh my god they remind me of what's important in life but they remind me of of what's important in life and they remind me to take breaks and i think that everybody could 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 use a couple young children in their life to remind them of what ground you ground you a little bit so. yeah everything seems so important to you come home and they crawl up in your lap and they just say how much they love uh, you. they love you to death and yeah. I, I can't I can't say enough how much they inspire me to be better mm. inspire me to keep working hard and keep doing the things that I need to do so yeah so so doing great love uh, I have the most beautiful wonderful giving wife and two sweet. amazing children so uh, yeah, could be blessed more blessed man. thank you well you were also in the Navy for 11 years spent time on a nuclear carrier thank you for serving our country you're welcome and and from that journey you then moved over to the nuclear industry as you're working for a few years in a power plant I don't power and, and also in nuclear enrichment too. enrichment yes. yes i think it's interesting how you had this time of taking energy and and optimizing and working in that and that led you to where you are today even though i know it's it's a family business but it's the, what did you learn in that time of leading in that industry that then came to be a value of where you are today with eSalinity? Well, that's a great question. Um, as you said, you know, I spent 11 years in the nuclear Navy. Uh, that taught me a lot, um, a lot in the way of accountability and responsibility, but also in the nuclear Navy is one of the, I don't know, most demanding jobs there is in the Navy. Uh, the, the hours that you work and the, mm. the expertise you're expected to have is just insane. But what it taught me was that, you know, how to do things the right way, how to have accountability and integrity in everything you do. And then transitioning into the oil industry was absolutely unexpected for me. But what I saw was we saw this opportunity of an industry that, you know, was 100 years old, but really in, in a lot of ways hadn't grown as yeah, a business, right. you still know, acting like a hundred years old. Yeah, still like kind of the old school mm -hmm. way of doing business. And so, in nuclear, you're always looking at new technologies. You're always looking at what's reliable and the best possible, most efficient ways to do things. You have to, mm -hmm. right? That's just the way it, that that industry has always been run. And in the oil industry, it was a little bit more cavalier, a little more cowboy out there, where you know you go out and find a piece of land and drill and hope to find something, and and you know, yeehaw. Uh, we got lots of oil. Um, it seems and, like they become a little spoiled because it became like so repeat, you know, yeah. everything was already done. Absolutely. That you were telling me stories about people who knew they could save money on stuff. They'd bring it to the the board and they'd go, no, we don't want to deal with it because it's different. Yeah, yeah. So they were really locked and entrenched in the old way of doing things in that industry and very much like uh, just don't mess it up yeah right because the ride was really good everyone's the making money really why change yeah we well, don't change i totally understand that and I, but I think that we've transitioned in 
today's economy and how oil and gas is going to look at. And what we saw is an opportunity. We saw this the writing on the wall that that those days are are were numbered mm. when we came in and when I decided to make that transition. The days of, of that type of industry was numbered. I saw it in the nuclear industry. The transition from the the golden days to kind of you know more regulated and you had to be more efficient. Mm-hmm. It you had to watch your numbers and do things that made sense and adopt technologies that would only increase efficiency. See, I always assume there's a big focus on safety because nuclear. Uh, of course there is. But but there's probably also a focus on being competitive still because you're still selling energy. You're still selling energy and the costs of construction keep going up and up and up, yeah. right? So your capital expenditure is really high, so you have to be super hyper efficient mm. in your in your operations. And so that that transition happened in the last decade, maybe 20 years ago in the nuclear industry. And most industries go through this. They go through their golden period and then they go through a yeah, period where maturity. it's more commoditized. Sure, yeah. And, and we saw the oil industry going to a commoditized type more industry. And um, I think we're seeing that transition today, which has been great. And so my experience in nuclear and seeing what it did in that, you know, industry enables me to kind of bring uh, kind of crystal job. ball and see what the future okay. of the oil industry is and for us it was developing technology and various technologies that can be applied to increase efficiency to lower the costs mm. because it's not just you know drill and get lots of cash anymore it is you have to do it the right way you have to do it economically you have to be efficient in your operations all those same principles have to apply well and, and I won't try and do a better job presenting your business than you could but <laughs> the whole principle behind eSalinity is that you got to get the oil out of the ground. Yes. So if you're going to use a process and you can go through your patent patent protected process that says we can optimize the salinity of the water to make sure that we understand the environment of where you're going to try and get oil out of and you optimize getting oil out of the ground which which improves the efficiency but you also do it without pumping a bunch of chemicals in the ground yeah, yep. without leaving a bunch of waste mm-hmm. and or without damaging a field where someone wants to make an investment and they do it wrong and it ruins it so where they could have got X number of barrels, they only get half as much out. Yeah, you're doing really good. Am I getting it right? Yeah, you are. That's awesome. Uh, I pay attention. Yeah, and so so the, the opportunity that we saw was this. What most people don't understand is that globally, worldwide, we have only gotten 30% of the oil out of the ground that we've drilled. Hmm. And that we've actually drilled. Not that it's available, but that we've actually worked so, on. So we, we, we know where it's at. Mm-hmm. Out of that 100% that we drilled, we got 30% of it. Wow. So we're, we're batting 300, which in the majors is pretty good, right? But in most industries, 30% efficiency is no, pretty poor. you go out of business. Yeah, you go out of business there. So so we haven't been able to get everything out of the ground based for a variety of reasons. And, and generally, it's technology, uh, being able to access that oil. So we saw this great opportunity because right now we're taking these fields and we're plugging and banning is what they call, but retiring these fields mm-hmm. at 30% of their life. That's like would have been for you and me. I don't, I, for me alone, about 20 years ago, the Navy and every other business would have retired me and sent me out the Imagine you had this asset and you were trying yeah. to get money out of it and you only got 30% of what you hoped you were yeah. going to get. That could be very disappointing for an investor. At 27 years old, they're saying, hey, you can't work anymore. Yeah. That's what we're doing in that industry. Interesting. So what we, what we wanted to look at was, was how can we extend that, right? How can we extend that, that life or that working life of each field? Mm-hmm. And we looked back to old technologies from the 50s. And there's technologies that existed. They just didn't have the science at the time and the technology and the understanding at the time that we do today. So we looked at those problems and we started applying today's technology to solve them. Mm. 
and that's when we started to unlock this. Because the idea concept. of adjusting the salinity is not new, but the way you're going about doing it with the tech that you're doing, with the soil analysis, yeah, yes. and all the documentation you're doing, and the testing against that, that's the new tech. Exactly. We have all these new tools to yeah. be able to see the things we couldn't see back then, so awesome. that we could apply a science in a nice, efficient way. So what we really do is we go out to these fields, uh, old fields especially, and we go out and we look at it and we say, how much oil is left in there? How much oil is trapped by this process called wettability? You can know that. You can look at a field and know how much is still in Pretty there. Pretty much, yes. Wow. And so, um, you know, within really about 1% or 2%. Wow, accuracy. that's awesome. And so then we can look at that field and we can say, look, if we just change some of these operations, very low cost, we can go unlock, you know, in the United States, billions and billions of barrels of oil wow. that's trapped. So when you when you people... In a field that's already been oil, uh, yes. mined and worked and whatever damage the people... This is the thing that environmentally gets me is that, you know, you're protesting you know, how we rape the environment. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But that's, it's already been big... drilled. So yep. you're not going to make any worse. No. We're just going to take the very same place... Absolutely. It was already worked, and we're going to optimize it. So instead of going to another place and horribly defacing the environment there, let's go back to one that's already been worked on, and let's optimize that. Yeah. Do you think this would make the environmental people super happy? I, I, we are that solution. So that's that's the one crazy part. And it's hard sometimes to, to convince people that anything in oil and gas is, is, a, I know. is an environmental solution. We're but the, the rea- best of the worst. <laughs> yeah, activity. right, the best of the worst. But it's not that's not really true. I mean, we, we use oil for so many things in our world, we right? Do. I mean, I'm surrounded by plastics That plastic bottle right I drove there. on my yeah. rubber top. Tires, I, with my cars and yeah. everything. So it's out there, but what we wanted to solve was the problem of how do we go get oil that's cheap? How do we go get oil that's environmentally sound? We've already drilled it. I don't have to drill another well again, right. and I can go get almost as much oil as we've gotten in the last 100 I years love that fact. from I this love technology. Yeah. So if we could go do that today... And we could avoid using fresh water because I believe that's a really important thing in the future. Drinking water and water that we're actually going to use for our sustainability as humans is important, right? Mm-hmm. Our solution doesn't use that. So what we're doing is we're taking reused water, water that's, that's wasted, water that's going to be dumped out to nowhere. Mm-hmm. And we're using that as part of our solution. That's so awesome. so not only are we getting oil out that we're going to need for energy and for products and things like that, we're getting at a very low rate. We're getting it really cheap. And we're doing it environmentally green. So for me, it's like the, the, the confluence of all the best in one thing. And how does that happen? Just thinking outside the box and looking at a problem that, well, you that wasn't this solved. Tech and it's very, it's very powerful. Yeah. That's why I, I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen I could talk this year. all day about it. But what's the website here? where people could go and learn more about um, that? So we're at eSalinity.com. Uh, we're also on, on LinkedIn. We post weekly um, thought pieces. We're looking. We're really challenging the industry to be better than they have been in the past because we, want, we know the importance of oil and, and really what that does for our economy, what that does for our energy independence, what it does for people's standards of living in this world. So uh, you can see us there. It's www.eSalinity.com. Now, you've got a great team here in Fort Worth. Amazing You team. also have a, a group in Wyoming. Yes, we have a group there, too. And then what's the growth plan for this year? Are you guys going to – is it just to spread out and affect more people, or are you going to have more growth outside this area? Yeah, we're doing amazing things this year. Um, last year was a little bit interesting uh, with, with I think, with most businesses were challenged, and especially in the energy sector was challenged last year. Uh, we went back to the drawing board and said, okay, let's imagine this happens for the next three years. What would we do different, mm. right? Because we just don't know. You can't sit right? around and wait. You can't sit around and wait. I'm not, yeah. That's not a strategy for us at all. And so we went back and we, we really um, rescaled our business model, and we went back and looked at what we could do and how to become more efficient in what we are doing. And, and this year is just about expansion. So uh, we're out here. Here in, in Fort Worth, and we're up in Wyoming, and we're bringing on all sorts of new customers. People in the oil industry are starting to really hear about us. Good. So we we took to 
hard marketing as far as getting our name out there and being proud of what we do, yeah. uh, not being apologetic be. to be That's a right. new technology in an old industry. And this year is just fantastic, um, creating a couple new subsidiaries for our business to do very specific items within that technology. Um, and just expanding and getting out there. If there's anybody ever, I can say, you know, if anybody's out there and I'm amazed how many people I run into, they say, oh, my family have a couple old oil wells somewhere. Could this technology sure, work? Could. Absolutely, right? So if, Talk if, about if, investment time. Well, if there's people out there that understand innovation, and to understand innovation, it means this. Innovation doesn't come from large companies. Okay, mm. Robert, this is my... my and I, and, it's arguable, I guess, but I, I know I'm right on this. Innovation doesn't happen in Google anymore. It doesn't happen in, in Amazon anymore. It doesn't happen in Tesla anymore. Innovation can't happen in big companies. There can be monumental increases and improvements when you're that big, but the I, the innovation, the real yeah. rich, new, fresh you idea. Get, you get incremental, right? right. Incremental improvements. Right. And the reason is this, the structure's too big. The organization but it, it, it. As you get bigger, you get right. less creative, right? Innovation happens. Or restricted by so many rules that yes. you can't do something. Because so you have all these policies. And, and so yeah. how do you set that right so it's not going to happen there it's not going to happen in the, in the big oil companies it's not going to happen in big companies what happens in garages it happens in basements it happens with people that are hungry that want something new that think about a new idea mm. right the spear was probably created by a guy that said i really am hungry and i want to go take down this mammoth someday right and hey guys we can all do this we keep dying when we get close i'll create a longer instrument because we're really <laughs> hungry right exactly not from some place that had a whole bunch of food and fruit and everything else Where that everybody was you, kicking back yeah kicking back and having a good time you create it because you need to and you want to that's where we're at so what we're looking for is just other innovators people that understand that it, it isn't innovation is not completely proven to the nth degree right innovation is the idea with some some proof out there and we have and that there's proof. a little risk but there's a huge reward but there's a risk and and so if you're willing to take that step and you want to be an innovator and you want to be an early adopter in something, you benefit greatly from the returns. And so that's what we're looking for now. Uh, really, in our growth chain is, is innovation and early adopters. Uh, other people will get this. This technology will be out there in 15, 20 years everywhere, not just through our business. That's why we got to go fast if we want to be the first guy to the market. Yeah, if you want to get want to be a bit, take, get ahead of all your competition. Buy, buy Bitcoin 10 years ago. Right. right? right. I'm listening to the say, right, guy, I, yeah. I was the guy 10 years ago that said, oh, this Bitcoin's not going to go anywhere right? Right, right and and now i learned my lesson from that so all right uh i well, just they can you know go to your website and they can do some digging and contact yeah. you directly yeah that'd be great this is a good time to to remind everyone that our podcast is sponsored yeah. by the ceo tip of the day on alexa and google smart speakers if you have an alexa or google smart speaker ask it to open the ceo tip of the day and get daily insights and tips from business owners and ceos just like salem yes as you pursue being the best and these tips i wrote with from all of our meetings every time we talk about something i just put it back into this, the Alexa on the website, and they would be there serving it up to people every day. I absolutely love it. I, I think it's one of the, the coolest things that you put together. It's fun. And, and it's such an easy thing. We just have to remind ourselves. You know, I don't know everything. Yeah. Let me just get a little reminder before I go out to work today. It's a fresh perspective every day. <laughs> it is. It's really. It's really cool. At first, I was a little skeptic. I'll be honest. But uh, well, you had to turn off. <laughs> what's, the, what's the thing you texted out yesterday? Turn off the sidewalk. Thing? The sidewalk. Yeah. yeah in case you don't sidewalk. know about that, Amazon locked on automatically is rolling out, activating the sidewalk feature where it could it t- oh, reduce man. your. Uh, privacy so make sure you open up the uh, alexa app and and tell it to disable the sidewalk sidewalk feature but then say ceo tip of the day and then after the ceo <laughs> exactly uh, all right 
uh, back to our conversation. Yes. What do you think is the biggest mistake you've made? And I only ask this because I want to mm. encourage leaders that, hey, we all make mistakes, mm -hmm. but we don't give up. Yeah. And, and from your perspective, what do you think was the biggest mistake you've made? That's a, that's a, that's a tough question, right? Um, one, I think mistakes are something you can't learn from. And, but I, I still think that you, you can learn, from. you can, you can learn from, and, but it's only a mistake if you don't learn from That's it right. long term. That's right. And so I always try to learn from my mistakes. I've had a lot of mistakes in my life. Yeah, number one, right. Um, I was a high school dropout. So I would say that was a mistake, except that made me motivated to do everything else in my life. Right. It spurned me on. I think my biggest mistake that I had you know, learned from in my life is to be true to who I am and to be as great as I'm able to be. So many people, I think when we're growing up, we're told we can't do certain things. We're told to stay in our lane a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, we're told that maybe your idea wasn't good enough. And the people that you're talking to are people that don't have the idea. They're threatened by you. Threatened. Or, that's why they say stuff like that. Or, or they're just, they're, that's not their role of good ideas, right? They're, yeah. they're scared. Or they live their crappy journey and they, they want yeah. to make everyone else have the same mindset. Yeah. They're miserable. Or right. Yeah. You know, and I, can't, I couldn't do it, so we can't do it. Yeah. And, and blah, blah, blah. And, and I I really listened to that probably for 20 years of my life, Robert. And I, I would always go into meetings or I'd go into to some you know business venture or something and say, oh, I need to be less than who I am and not so audacious and not like express my mm. opinions or my thoughts on the topics that were at hand because I didn't want to shake, you know, like rock the boat, right. you know, and shake it up But then too they much. don't get to know all the awesomeness that's inside your brain. Absolutely. And I, what I realize is I have really awesome ideas and I'm a really great person like most people are, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and what I realized my biggest mistake was I was not allowing myself to be as great as I am. Okay. And, and I know that might sound a little bit arrogant. No, no, no. But you, you held yourself back, which means you robbed other people of the greatness they could have got. Well, yeah. And, and it's a funny thing. You know, I, you, I sent you the, the Marianne Williamson yeah. uh, poem. But there's something that's really great in that I, I firmly believe. And it's we're all children of God. Why couldn't we be great? We should be. Right, so so I have to say that to myself. And great's every a relevant day. thing. It doesn't mean I'm the best at my company, no. but I can be a great father and just an average worker. But I, as a person, well, I'm a ten. Yes, I'm a ten. I'm a ten all the time. And so the biggest mistake I made was was not like truly believing that. Yeah. And so I've changed that, and I don't care. I'm unapologetic. I'm who I am. I love it. Yeah. Right, because I'm a child of God. Yeah. Why couldn't I be great? Why would you hold anything back? So so if you say that to yourself every day. Why not me? Why couldn't I be great? And that's what I do every day. I read you. this poem every day and I tell myself, I can do these things. I can be beautiful, smart, gorgeous, wonderful, great at what I do. You are beautiful and smart well, and gorgeous. Well, thank you. Uh, in a very <laughs> way. And, and so okay. that to me was the biggest mistake was allow myself to hold back. If there's anybody out there listening to this and you do that, um, just just remind yourself every day because you are wonderful. You are great. Um, you know, just like you, you're an amazing, amazing person that has liberated me in a lot of ways to understand you know what I can do in this world so uh, surround yourself with other people that believe in you and tell yourself that and remember um, we're all great and if we're all great around each other we just get better and better as a group so I think the world needs more great leaders and that's one of the reasons why I do these monthly group meetings is because I think there's so much potential in the lives of leaders that I yeah. work with but we're so beat down by just the, the load we carry, the emotional and mental load of being responsible or feeling like you're responsible for everything. Yeah. And I think that makes it harder to be great. And so the ability for us to come together and encourage each other is just huge. It's huge. And I, uh, that's one of the great things about your group, you know. I think with the groups, 
you know, I've, I see people in there. When I first started the groups, I kind of said, oh, man, I, I got a small business, right? And, and I'm looking across the table, and these guys, some of these guys have, you know, $100, 700000000 million revenue businesses and, and things like this. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, what can I teach these guys? What can I bring to the oh table Oh, my gosh, here, you brought right? so much. You brought so much. But, but that's, that's the thing, right? It's but like the lie in your head. The, the lie in, in the standards that we say is what is successful. Like if I run a $700 million business, I know Something everything about business. More, right? Yeah, I, I, right. I, I've, I've known it all. And what I realized so fast in the group is that we all have strengths and weaknesses right. right but that group just allows us to share those and all get stronger every day and get better and no one ever looks at you and go hey you don't have a big a business as big as mine don't tell me what about this no everyone really comes in and says no matter what i think i know i can always learn one little piece better that yeah. makes me better and that's because businesses are made up of people right right we all know people yeah. We all have experience. I'm a person. You're a person. You have experiences that you can bring to the table, right? right. And and since people cr- like make up business and the business acts just like the people inside the business, we all have something to bring. We all do, and we all have some experience. And so, like being around in a peer group of other people and sharing those things, all make our businesses so much better. Mm. It's unbelievable. I love it. It's absolutely. I want to stop here for just a second. We're yeah, running out of time, so let's <laughs> let's. And I love to hear about the group and how it's blessing you because yeah, you certainly bless our group by being in it. I want to talk about the accountability book that we're writing. Oh my goodness! Salem and I are writing a book on accountability. It's called yes. Peak Accountability: Navigating the Climb to a Victorious Life. Yes. And uh, a year and a half ago, Salem introduced to me this principle about accountability. And we've been talking about it as a group. And, and I've really taken the, the thing that he shared with me and used it to share with other business leaders and to encourage them and to share with other people. And he kept saying, you know, you need to write a book about this. And I'm like, yeah, I, really, I should. <laughs> but it wasn't until you committed to, hey, I'll write it with you. Yeah. And I think that was the thing. Again, that echoes the value of our groups is that when someone says, hey, I'm in this journey with you, you feel more empowered. Mm-hmm. And were you committing to say, I will write this with you as in I'm going to walk this thing with you yes. step by step. So we finally committed to it we have a book publicist yes that we already started we've got a ghostwriter that we're yes. working with and we're committed that by the end of this year to have this thing written and ready to go to market oh. in q1 of 220 2022 i'm so excited it's very exciting uh, you know i think it was, was great is what exactly what you said um i i am passionate about accountability i'm passionate about personal accountability and what that means and how to grow and how to be better every day i see i want people just to be the best version of themselves yeah. right and and so the lessons that i learned through that that i brought and we talked about and and we did together right and this journey that we've been on for a long time we can put in this book and help other people i hope right. and um you know what you said is about traveling with someone else you know Part of this book talks about a little bit kind of the, the, the idea of climbing a mountain, right? Because right. your life is climbing a mountain, really. It, it it's is. a journey. It's this journey, right? Well, you don't do it alone. And if you do, you're probably you're not going to be successful. You're yes, foolish. right. Like uh, we learned from uh, Dr. Tyler. Yes, you know, and his journey and the things he climbed, and where he tied a rope to himself is at the top. If he falls, the guy jumps the other way to save his life. Yes, I mean that kind of stuff. That's so the visuals of that. That is the journey we're on, and we need people with us. Absolutely, and, and I I love tying my rope next to you and onto you on this and going up this journey with you. And I think that this book. Um, will I know this book actually I should say I know that this book will change people's lives for the better it will make their life happier and more fulfilled I agree and and just by reading one chapter of this I think you'll understand that and I think that this book has the potential to change lives and and to give them a way to do that without and we've already it tested it out i've i've shared it with my sister oh. and and had a chance to to walk through this with her and it really opened her eyes to things and i think there's a lot of people that we know in our lives that are they like to act as a victim no i don't say that right 
they don't like to act as a victim. They've just become comfortable with acting like a victim. And and nobody says, I'd like to be a victim. No. But they, they, they're comfortable with it because that's all they know. But when you point out to them this mindset of accountability, it opens our, their eyes up to you actually have the full authority to not be a victim anymore. Yes. That's super empowering. I, I, think, if, I think if you're sitting out there right now, and you're listening to this and you say, I'm unhappy at something in my life or, you know, I'm just so tired of, of this or I don't know why I'm not happy, right, in my life. This is for you. And if you're pissed off at this person, if you blame yep. this person, if you're angry at this and the government that and your stupid yep. boss this, all those things, that's victim talk. It, it, it is and you don't know it. You don't it, know. Because we're constantly pushed to be victims. And it's because it's a really great way to sell something, right? If if you're unhappy, you need something to solve it for you, right? Yeah. So that's what our world today does, and and the you know so many people enjoy us being in that role of a victim. This book is to take you out of that and make you a victor in your life, to lead your life, exactly. maybe for the first time. And it's not in every area. We're not here to solve all all things in someone's it's a journey. life, but it's it's to it's to start your Open journey. Your eyes and up. man, enjoy it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy that, that climb that you're going to take. Enjoy the view. Which is still hard. A climb is still hard. Yes. you got to carry a pack. you got to breathe oxygen stuff yeah. at the top. There's hard things, but it's still the, the joy of that process is amazing. Absolutely. So I'm really excited for the book. I uh, can't wait for January for it to come out, uh, this whole yeah, process. And I'm excited about the next nine months or seven months of us doing this together, man. Me so too. thank you. Well, I'll, we've run out of time. And yes. it's, it's always fun to sit and visit <laughs> with you. I, I, I love our friendship and I love Absolutely. the value you bring to our groups. Uh, and just knowing your family and uh, just the time we had together today. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, I'm always welcome to come back, or I, I'm I, happy to. Yes, you are. I, I, I invited myself <laughs> there. Hey, back. I'll invite myself there. I'd like uh, to spend night at your house next week. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. But um, I really appreciate it, and I love what you're doing. I love that you're spreading this word and that you're empowering leaders out here because we also need our support. So thank you, mm -hmm. Robert. Yeah, you're welcome.